now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hi there, thanks for listening. This is The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Our show is brought to you in part by Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Services, Modern Mortgage Group, and Lori Zorn, insurance manager for Island Savings. If you need an opinion or uh, a second opinion <laughs> or uh, more information about insurance and mortgages, Denise and Lori are great people to talk with. You can find their contact information on the Whole Home Show's website, which is located on cfax1070.com. It's under Shows. Uh, there you'll find their email address, telephone number, all of those things. They get a lot of phone calls from our CFAX listeners, so I know that there's a lot of interest out there in the community about mortgages and insurance, and they are great people to talk to. You can always get in touch with me as well, too, if you'd like an introduction. You'll find me online, on social media, and all over the place. If you need a second opinion about real estate, if you're thinking of buying something or selling, you can always call me as well, too. That is, after all, my primary job. I've been doing it now for 27 years here in Greater Victoria. I am a top agent with Remax Camosun, which is Victoria's most productive real estate brokerage, and I'd be happy to help you as well, too. The weather is changing. People are thinking about sprucing up their homes, getting ready for summer and enjoying the outdoors. Today on our show, we have a returning guest from a few months ago, Gary Peterson from Supercoat. Also joining us is Steve Chang from Stephen Chang Construction, uh, who will give you some tips on projects you can consider around your home. Let's start our show with our weekly listener question. If you have a question or curiosity about real estate here in Greater Victoria, call us on our hotline. The number is 250-414-6540. That's 250-414-6540. Or you can find us online at, again, www.cfax1070.com, and we'll be happy to discuss it on the air. Our listener question was an email this week from Tony, another Tony. We're going to call him Tony M., Uh, And his question was, how much do I need to pay my agent to help me buy a home? Thanks for bringing this up, Tony. We haven't had this yet, actually. Uh, So you are looking at buying a home. You're a purchaser in the process. You you likely have a real estate agent who's helping you. And, of course, the realtor's job is to show you properties, identify them, locate them, drive you around, help you with research, doing due diligence, uh, doing building inspections, going to the municipality, checking things out, making sure it's a good purchase for you. And your question is, how much do you need to pay that agent? A lot of people ask this question. I'm guessing it is your first time uh, as a buyer because it is a a question typically first-time buyers ask. And the answer is, most of the time, your agent is going to be paid out of the transaction. Uh, when I say most of the time, that means, I don't know, I'd guess here maybe 98% of the time uh, the buyer's agent gets paid from the real estate brokerage whose name is on the sign. So how it is structured is this. Sellers pay the real estate commission. So the seller pays the listing brokerage. Again, that's the name of the brokerage who's on the sign of the house, the you know, the sign on the yard. They pay the listing brokerage in order to, uh, for their agent, the seller's agent, to do the marketing, to do um, uh, introductions, to do I don't know, open houses, advertising, all of those things to generate interest, to find a buyer like you to come forward and make an offer on their home. Now, they pay the, the seller pays their agent 
a fee, a commission, and the agent shares that and puts it out there with cooperating agents. Your agent, your buyer's agent would be a cooperating agent. So what ends up happening is by introducing you to the property and by working for you, by the way, under agency, your buyer's agent will be working uh, in your best interests. Even though they're getting paid from the seller's brokerage, there is no um, fiduciary, there is no legal responsibility of your buyer's agent to the seller. That could be a conflict situation. Maybe if we have a chance, uh, I'll cover that in a couple minutes here. But when your agent identifies the property for you, helps you buy it, helps you negotiate it, uh, the contract, all of those things, and when the sale closes, he or she is going to end up being paid from the listing brokerage. So, yeah, good news is you're not having to pay anything. You don't need to worry about coming up with extra money. Uh, it all gets paid out of the sale of the property. It's a system that works very well. Now, I did say most of the time. I did say 98% of the time. Why is that? It's because there are other circumstances that could arise here too. If your buyer's agent identifies a property for you that is not listed for sale on the multiple listing services, let's just say it is a for sale by owner, or if it's somebody on a specific street that they've identified, or if it is a property that was listed for sale, but it isn't listed anymore, and uh, they have expressed an interest to sell, sometimes those sellers will say, hey, uh, I know you have a buyer for the property here. I will sell it for X amount of dollars, but I will not be paying any real estate fees. Uh, at that point, a few things can happen. Your uh, real estate agent, your buyer agent, can talk to you and say, hey, listen, uh, I want to help you put this deal together. Uh, the seller's not offering any sort of payment. Uh, will you pay our real estate fee. And that does happen. But again, a very small percentage of the time. Now, when it does happen, an option that occurs is for you as the buyer to instruct your buyer agent to say, you know, you are authorized to negotiate your buyer brokerage directly with the seller. And if the seller remains resistant and you do have the capability to pay uh, the buyer's uh, brokerage fee, I have to tell you this. And I have this conversation with clients quite often, actually, uh, in the event that this has happened, because it has happened with me. You guys all know I've been doing this for a very long time, so I, I, I feel like I've seen every single eventuality that has happened out there in the marketplace. But uh, when we've had sellers who are not willing to pay uh, our brokerage fee, and we have a buyer who is willing to pay it, we make sure the buyer knows that we're going to negotiate a price that is so attractive that it makes more sense for the buyer. They're, they they basically want to buy a house below market value in order to offset the uh, outlay of the brokerage fee. And the reason for that is this. Uh, it's fair. Why would a seller be entitled to get market value on a home and not have to pay real estate fee? Because in a sense, it means they're getting more than the house is worth. So in that instance where a seller doesn't want to pay a fee, you don't want to negotiate it so that anything that you're going to pay your uh, buyer broker gets offset. And uh, you know what? Again, that's a really rare occurrence. Most of the time, sellers understand this. It all just boils down to putting a deal together. It all boils down to seller wants to sell, buyer wants to buy. But I got to say, Tony M., uh, again, when it comes to the uh, statistically, 
uh, 98% or even higher, 98% of the time, your agent, the person that you've chosen to represent you, is going to end up being paid out of the contract, out of the uh, listing brokerage, and everything will work very smoothly uh, and very nicely. It's, it's a good system. Now, uh, the whole other conversation is agency. What does it mean to have an agent work for you? We have covered this on this show a few times in the past. Your buyer agent has a number of responsibilities. They've got to make sure that they're negotiating in your best interest, that they're looking out for all of the things that are important to you. You know, if you say that you don't want to buy a house uh, uh, maybe where somebody has passed away in, that happens every once in a while, the agent needs to find out. Uh, and those are things that you have an agent for. You know, for us, when we're representing buyers, we want to make sure that they are 1,000% comfortable with their purchase uh, because of the fact that it's a huge investment. This is likely the biggest investment you've ever made in your life. We want to make sure that it's the right one, and that's the reason why you have a buyer agent. Um, there, there are two different roles, by the way. We're talking buyer agent right now. There's also the seller's agent we talked about a moment ago uh, as well, too. It's a big conversation, and actually it reminds me that maybe we should bring this up on a future show as well, too. Thank you, Tony M., for um, uh, emailing us with that great question. And for the rest of our listeners, if you have a real estate question you'd like answered on our show, again, visit the cfax1070.com website, or you can call our hotline, which is 250-414-6540. If you're a podcast listener, check out our podcast on iTunes or Google Play and listen at your leisure. Uh, and as always, we're always looking for great guests. So if you have a real estate-related product or service that you would like to discuss on our show, I'd love to have you as our guest. Just get in touch with me. We'll have a chat, and we'll see about getting you online. A number of our guests uh, over the past, well, we've been doing this for more than a year now, uh, have come about that way. And it's a great learning experience, not only for you, the listener, but for me as well, too, as a real estate practitioner. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back in just a moment with Gary from Supercoat. You're listening to The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hi there. Thanks for joining us. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Today we have us a returning guest. Gary Peterson was here on our show uh, several months ago. The reason why we have him back right now is we had a lot of calls and interest about his product. He is the uh, distributor of a product called Supercoat. Gary, thanks for coming back. Hey, thanks for having me, Tony. Good to be here. Yeah, and Gary, uh, we were just talking just before getting back on the air here. Uh, when you were here last time, you, you got a number of calls and inquiries from our listeners, right? It was phenomenal. I really appreciate it. Yeah, we had... Uh, Many calls. We've got some business doing some driveways, doing a driveway for a lovely lady yeah. uh, over in Gordon Head. And, uh, yeah, it was great. Yeah, and, and actually the other thing, too, is I we also had a phone call from a municipality asking about your product. So there's a, there's a lot of interest out there. Now, Supercoat, for those who didn't hear the show months ago, yep. uh, let's uh, tell them what it is. What is Supercoat? Okay, Supercoat is an environmentally friendly, non-toxic uh, coating. It's uh, very durable. Uh, it's uh, highly resistant to gas, oil, acids. Uh, it's waterproof. It's uh, dries really fast. It's, it won't crack, chip, or peel. It's got an anti-UV in it. It uh, resists mildew and fungi growth and all that sort of horrible stuff. And, uh, you know, it, it, once it goes on, it lasts and lasts and lasts. It rolls on like paint, wears like steel is our model. Is there anything it doesn't do? 
<laughs> it doesn't make you breakfast in the morning. Uh, well, unfortunately, no, I won't do that. Okay. Uh, now, where where do people see this? I, I know because I have since seen it uh, its application in places, but tell the listeners, where would you find Supercoat or where would they consider putting it? Well, we've done uh, you know, a tremendous amount of jobs. Supercoat covers really the whole spectrum, everything from marine to, uh, to patios. Um, we did the um, front walkways and the little mini wall in... Um, is that Wanda Fuca Center, the uh, vet clinic out there? Good, oh, yeah. Good place to have a look there. Yeah. We've done roofs, uh, asphalt roofs and metal roofs. Uh, we've done no, work. You, you know, you're talking painting over the roofs. Correct, yeah. Yeah, we give a 25-year guarantee on a, on a roof once it goes on. Okay. And, uh, Actually, speaking about that, because seasonally, this is the time where people start looking at the moss and their, uh, their roofs bet, and stuff. Yeah. So if somebody is applying this coating to a roof, is, is that... Uh, does the moss growth minimalize? Like, is it... Uh... Yeah. Uh, Supercoat, I mean, not much will stop uh, moss, but, you know, it, it will grow on Supercoat as well, but it, it will grow on the top. It doesn't seem to grow through it, and, you know, you can wash it off with a hose, so it's quite easy to get rid of. Uh, it makes quite a difference. We've had roofs done in Montreal that have been over 25 years and are still going strong. So, <laughs> okay. You know... Um, you know, so ba- basically, uh, years in the fu- in, in the in a, the future setting, people archaeologists are going to look back at these homes. They're going to find super coat. <laughs> what right? is this yes. stuff? Why is it still here? Yeah, that sort of a thing. Yeah, yeah it's an amazing product. I, I got involved in it about four or five years ago. I took over the uh, rights for Western Canada. I now have California as well, and uh, we've we've done some work down in uh, Palm Springs as well. We've done some hotels and stuff down there. It's been fantastic. So. Mm-hmm. We're very happy with it. Our customers are happy, which is better <laughs> than us being happy. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it, you know, it's a it's a great alternative. I don't think there's anything on the market that can beat it as far as durability is concerned. And if you're looking to do your patio or your, or your deck, that's sort of an idea, and you don't want to do it every two years, this is the product you should be using. Interesting. We're on the line right now. We're here in the studio, sorry, with Gary Peterson from Supercoat talking about uh, the super product. Now, colors. It also comes in a uh, wide spectrum of colors, too, right? Yeah. Benjamin Moore actually does the coloring for us. Oh, really? Uh, so they have, I don't know, 36,000 colors. So whatever color they have, we we have, you know, we can color your product the same. Um, I carry about 300 gallons in, uh, in stock in town at any given time, and I have fairly large variety uh, we kind of stick with uh, you know the grays the tans and the whites blacks that sort of an idea but you know we can tint it to any color you like so if you want to match your your drapes to your front deck and your patio to your trim on your house you can, you can do that so. yeah are, are there any applications where super coat is not uh, a good thing well anything uh like on a on a uh, polished aluminum something like that it doesn't it just won't so adhere. we're talking like railings for instance yeah we we leave that stuff alone um but pretty much on anything else we've done metal we've done we've done wood we've fixed asphalt driveways where you know you get that alligating where it's breaking up and we've we've actually mixed a, a slurry and and gone over that and it's tremendous results uh we fixed concrete it doesn't shrink Supercoat actually penetrates whatever's being applied to. So if you're applying it, let's say, to a concrete driveway, it actually goes right through the surface and becomes part of that surface, which makes it waterproof, and uh, and it doesn't shrink. So once it's in there, it's it's there for, well, for life type of thing. So we didn't talk about this last time, but if um, because, because basically it's a coating. 
Correct. And every once in a while, people kind of change their minds about the coating. It's like, oh, you know, we're going to put another product on there or something. Sure. Is it uh, is there a removal process, or do you just is there any on? other product other than Supercoat? <laughs> I guess Sorry. that's the question. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going. Why way out would there. you take Supercoat? I'm going way out there. Right? Okay, you're way out in the left field. But that's that's yeah. right. Uh, yeah. No, you can paint right over this. This isn't uh, an epoxy or anything. It's a water-based product. Okay. So, um, well, this is important to know too because epo epoxies are, are a very different product yeah, altogether, right? Yeah. Uh, no, super coats, uh, you know, easily. I mean, again, I don't know why you'd want to, but you could certainly paint over top of it uh, another color. Uh, you'd be better off to paint super coat in a different color if you were tired of it. But, yeah, uh, biggest problem we have with, with uh, our products, we want to make sure we put it on, as I was saying earlier, it does penetrate whatever it's being applied to. So, sometimes. We'll sell it to a customer and we don't apply it. And, you know, I've had it happen two or three times over the last four or five years where I've got calls back and said, well, you know, it peeled. And I said, well, that doesn't sound right. How did, how did you do your prep? And they send me pictures and I can see that they didn't actually it's all sand the prep it down works. and it's pulled the paint off. And you can see that the old paint's underneath our product. So, yeah. you know, but with us, you know, ours, once it's applied, it sticks there. I mean, there's you have to grind it to get it off. You can't sand it off. So. Um, you know, painting something over top is not an issue at all. Yeah, uh, the uh, the magic is in the prep work, right? Everything is ninety five percent of anything yeah. is in the prep work, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and especially if you're talking uh, outdoor setting, if you're talking uh, a patio yeah. or yeah. or driveways or things like that, uh, you know, most driveways have um, uh, oil uh, oil. And, and stuff Lord, like that. Lord right? knows what's on that driveway after many years. Yeah. Yeah. So, what is the process to get that uh, driveway uh, prepared? In well, usually to... what we do is we, you know, especially in concrete, we do an acid wash first, and and um, you know, make sure that everything is off of there and there's no emollients or anything on. I mean, it's only going to stick to what you're applying it to. So, yeah. if you got a very good clean surface and it's and it's uh, you know, rough it up a little bit and apply this product, it's never going to come off. Yeah. The um... So talking about driveways, that that's one thing. Uh, yep. we, I think we talked last time too about things like uh, uh, basements, like concrete floors and basements. Yeah, it's really good for basements. We did a we did a job once. Uh, they had a lot of scaling, and you know, it's basically they had a water coming in there for yeah, years. Yeah, so it was that white the white, white um, efflorescence that, that you yeah, see all yeah. that stuff and oxidi oxidation and. Um, you know, uh, we said to the customer, we're not sure because this is a new application for us, but we can give it a shot for you. And, and we did. We cleaned it all down, and we literally carried out, I don't know, how many pails, five-gallon pails of garbage cleaned off the walls. And we went and did an acid wash, and uh, we filled a lot of cracks. We had cracks and holes, and uh, we mixed a, a mortar and uh, <clears throat> with our product, but silicon together. And uh, we fixed that, patched that up, and it looked like brand new. I mean, they were very, very happy with it. So okay, um, Gary, let's talk about cost a little bit because it's it's a coating. Um, I'm, I'm I'm guessing it's more expensive than your typical uh, than your typical coating. Yeah, uh, it's not uh, you know in, inherently uh, horrendously expensive. It's expensive, I should say, but you know it certainly is more than your average uh, you know stain that you're going to buy down at the local uh, paint store. Uh, we charge $3.50 a square foot for application, prep application, and, and two coats of, of super coats. So, um, but it's meant to last. Well, that's just it. Is yeah. it expensive? If you amortize it over you know, a number of years, I don't think it's that expensive at all. But yeah. you have to put out the initial investment. It's a little more expensive than the others. But once it's on, it's there. You know, it's yeah. not going I, I mean, the reality is there are some people that just love you know painting their 
deck every year. Yeah, God bless them. <laughs> yeah. uh, so other people don't have that kind of time. Gary, uh, people need to reach you. How do they do that? You can reach me in town, 250-938-9969. That's my cell, and you get a hold of me Great. anytime. And the website? Website is supercoat.ca. Supercoat.ca. And you can also get us on Western Canada Supercoat on Facebook. Perfect, perfect. Well, Gary, don't go anywhere. We're going to be in the studio here with uh, Steve Chang in just a moment here. Uh, again, thanks for coming back. Uh, I know there was a lot of interest in the product here with our listeners, and um, uh, hopefully they'll be calling you again soon. So we're going to take a quick little break here. We'll be back in just a moment. Now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hey there, thanks for returning. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Our show is brought to you in part by Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Services, Modern Mortgage Group, and Lori Zorn, insurance manager for Island Savings. We had on uh, the show just a couple moments ago, Gary Peterson from Supercoat, talking about this amazing product. We are, after all, talking about the fact that now seems to be the time that people are thinking about doing some modifications, upgrades, working on their home. You know, the weather changes and it's time for us to start maybe enjoying the outside of our property, uh, start thinking about um, maybe even increasing the value of our home, especially for those of us who are not thinking about moving. Uh, real estate is my job. I help people move, but sometimes people don't want to move. Maybe they love their location. They just want to modify their home a little bit. Maybe they just want to um, start doing things that they have been planning for a while. And right now in the studio, we have with us Steve Chang. Steve, thanks for coming. My pleasure, Tony. Uh, Stephen Chang Construction's been around for over 10 years here in town. You guys are busy. Everyone's busy right now. I know you guys always are. Yes, no, it's been very busy for the last few years. Uh, lots of people wanting work done in their homes. Lots of construction happening in the city. Okay, let's talk about some things that people are asking you for right now. What are some examples of uh, renovations or, or things um, that are on people's minds right now? Well, I mean, we really get asked to do almost anything that can be done to your home. But certainly at this time of year, I think really a, the focus is mostly on the exterior of the house. You know, they want a new paint job. They want to expand their patio or their deck, maybe do some window replacement stuff. That's more sort of conducive to good weather. Yeah. Those are things, by the way, to our listeners, uh, are generally good investments as far as real estate's concerned. I mean, you're improving the outside of your house. Uh, you get good dollars back there. You know, we've had conversations before about the money that you spend in a house and is it worthwhile doing. We know that kitchens are good. We know that bathrooms are good. We know that pools are not necessarily a great. Actually, we're going to have a pool contractor on uh, in, a, in a near future show here. So we'll be talking to him about that as well, too. Um, when people are thinking about doing improvement on their home, Steve, uh, generally speaking, they have this idea. I want to do a new patio. What is the next logical step for someone who wants to move forward? Well, there's a couple of ways of approaching it. You can contract or contact somebody like myself and come in and we're more than happy to come and do a consultation with you to sort of go over what your ideas are and then sort of weigh out what the next steps would be. And I think after sort of getting some clarification around what you want to do to your home and how you want to improve it, the next step would be, to, of course, to talk to your local land use authority or municipality. Uh, of course, to, that's an important uh, one. Make sure that you've got all your ducks in a row before you start. Yeah, because you might want a huge patio and the municipality might say, no, you're not allowed because you've got all the you got all the square footage you're allowed, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure we run into that all the time. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, anyways, uh, going to land use, um, uh, of course, a design is going to step in at some point. That's correct. So you're, you know, for your initial consultation, I mean, usually just a quick sketch, especially if you're doing a patio, you're sort of saying, I want to expand it, you know, 10 feet out this way. And they'll sit down with your local building bylaws and your site plan that they'll have on record. And they'll say, well, these are what you can and can't do. These are the sort of restrictions around what you can and can't do in your backyard. And then uh, so you finalize the plans and they're going to be a little bit more in detail for submission for a building permit. And once you have that building permit in place, your contractor can go to work. All right. So here's the here's the big question right now. Uh, and I know it depends where, but what's the turnaround time nowadays for, for this kind of project? It's, a, I know this is a loaded question. I it is it. a loaded so, question. Yeah. Um, because it, depending on what you're doing, there are a number of different uh, triggers that happen at your, your at your municipality, whether or not it needs to go to zoning to make sure it's going to meet zoning stuff. If it's just a, a building thing, you know, so you're just dealing with the planners or the could be design panel. Design panel yeah. is another thing. If there are design covenants on the property, yeah. um, but I mean for for most projects. Uh, it really depends on the municipality. Some of them are very, very good at turning it around quickly. You could see a building permit with under two weeks. Yeah. Some of them could be eight to ten, maybe twelve weeks. Yes. Yeah, and that and that plays into the whole process quite a bit because the other magic that you as the contractor has to apply is lining up the guys to do the work, right? And that's true. So if you want to have a deck and you want to use it starting in May, you really need to engage somebody probably back in January and really have everybody lined up, especially with the way the market is right now. Yeah. Uh, securing subtrades to get the work done in a timely fashion uh, can be challenging. So uh, we, the more lead time we have to make sure that we are meeting what your criteria are for for, 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 uh, for schedule yeah. um, helps us sort of line everything up you and know, deliver. I think this is a really important point to bring up because it happens often. We see it you know, when people are thinking about doing things to improve their home to get it on the market for sale. And they'll say things like, oh, you know, we, we want to get this done. We'll just call our contractor and he'll get it finished in like a week. And when we're sitting there going, okay, it's going to be longer than that. I mean, to get the contractor, I know you're busy, you got a busy schedule, but to get the contractor actually physically over to meet sometimes takes longer than that right now. It can. Yeah. Um, you know, unless you've got a really good friend who's a contractor who's going to sort of put you at the top of the list. I think most of us have, are fairly backlogged. Um, I try and get there within a week to meet with new clients and especially with returning clients and, 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 you know, I think what the most important thing is, is right up front is doing your planning up front, right? So when you've got the idea, you know, ahead of time, the sooner you can get the planning done and getting the planning done up front so there's not changes down the road, make a, make a big difference on making sure that you're getting what you want on the budget and schedule that you want. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's Stephen Chang from Stephen Chang uh, Construction Budget. That's a big one, too. <laughs> so, you know, um, I think people are used to or accustomed to building in a contingency for cost overruns. Uh, and, and you probably advise that people should, right? Well, certainly. I mean, again, that sort of depends on the scope of work that you're doing and the sort of contract that you're, you know, entering into with a contractor. And for smaller work, it's one thing. But when you're getting into large-scale renovations, and you're going to want to start getting into much more detailed contracts that have, you know, budgets and and schedules attached to them, so that you've got line items for all the different aspects of that. Um, contingencies are important, and they should be built into every contract of any significant size. Uh, there are, especially in renovations, a lot of unknowns. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't know when we walk into a house, unless it's fairly new, 
what's hidden behind those walls. Yeah. There could have been a homeowner, you know, three owners ago that did a bunch of renovation work themselves and did a lot of stuff that they shouldn't have done. And we tear the drywall up and discover an absolute nightmare back there. And so those kind of things should be built into your contract in, in, in contingencies. And yeah. a good contractor will have a good idea of what the worst case scenario is yeah. and what the best case scenario is and sort of guide you down that path. You know, hey, that's a great point. I'm glad you brought it up because, uh, you know, people often talk about, well, how come it's quicker, easier, and cheaper to build new in the West Shore, for instance, as opposed to doing renovations in Oak Bay? And you just hit the nail on the head right there. It's because the it's the unknown, right? It's the things that you don't know you're going to bump into. Well, it really is. And, you know, to take a house that's 100 years old in Oak Bay and bring it up to new standards and meeting code standards for that renovation, the walls aren't going to be the right thickness. The R value is not going to be there. On the insulation. Mechanical systems yeah. aren't going to work. The plumbing will all need to be upgraded. The electrical will all need to be upgraded. We'll be adding new circuits. And if your panel's on the other side of the house, that means we have to cut stuff out to get everything over there. Yeah. So it can be quite expensive. Now, it's a lot of time worth doing. Yep. You know, especially if you love the character of that old home. But <clears throat> in a lot of cases, new construction is cheaper. Yeah, yeah, and, and easier. And again, that's the reason why the turnaround time in Lankford, particularly, is is really high because they don't, they're they're not they're not um, having to rebuild infrastructure in areas. It's all new, you know, streets, all new subdivisions, all new services, all of that kind of stuff, right? Oh, for sure. I mean, if you were to go into an older house, uh, you know, in Sanitary or Oak Bay, and you want to add a bathroom. Uh, it can trigger a new water line from the street <laughs> to the okay. house. Yes. You know? yeah. uh, it can trigger all kinds of different infrastructure upgrades. Yeah, all these pleasant surprises. Yeah. And other things, too. If you just want to do a little bathroom renovation, then you you know, you see a, a toilet and a vanity and you know, cost this much money. But when we come in, we have to, and I know you've done this on other shows, we have to do a full environmental survey. We have to check yeah. for asbestos. We have to check for lead. We have to check for all those things. And so to have those... Um, dealt with properly in a small bathroom can be more than uh, you thought the whole budget was going to be. Yeah, I mean, that's what you were talking about a second ago, about older houses and ripping into walls and not knowing what you're you're finding. And it's true because uh, asbestos exists uh, out there. It's common in properties that are uh, older than 1990, right? Yep, yep. Anything older than 1990, we have to have it. We have to have it before the inspectors will even show up on site to, to inspect our work. All right, Steve, if people need to reach you, uh, phone number and website? Uh, my phone number is 250-858-8980. Email is stevechangconstruction at gmail.com. And the website is stevechangconstruction.com. Great. Uh, don't go anywhere, Steve. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to have a conversation. We're going to pick up our conversation with you, and then we'll circle back and uh, bring Gary from Supercoat back into the uh, the conversation here as well. Too. We're talking about uh, construction. Uh, we're having a conversation with a contractor here about what you can expect with renovations or upgrades that you're thinking about doing in your house. We're going to be off for just a moment, and we'll be back shortly. This is The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. We're talking today about things that you can do around your house. We have in the studio right now a contractor, Steve Chang from Stephen Chang Construction. Uh, Steve, uh, again, thanks for coming. My pleasure. Uh, during the break, our producer here, Corey, was uh, saying that you have scared the heck out of him because he's got an older house and he's worried about uh, renovation and all of the secrets that will be uncovered. Do people need to be scared? No, no, not at all. I'm just, well, I'm not trying to scare anybody. I'm just trying to educate them so that they're fully equipped to make good decisions about their home. Because if you're thinking, oh, we're going to flip the house, we're going to do a quick bathroom and kitchen renovation, 
uh, you need to know what the actual costs are going to be. And those have changed significantly over the last decade. You know, if people wonder why real estate prices have escalated so much in the past 20 years, part of it is the fact that uh, things are more expensive. The labor is more expensive, uh, products. You just talked about the fact that when there's uh, the possibility of asbestos, there's the hazardous material um, uh, requirements that you have to uh, achieve, right? Uh, there's a lot of things to consider. Well, there are a lot, and those are a few, but there's many more that come with uh, with construction these days, just with the, the, the code uh, issues that we have to meet, some of the new energy code, especially with the new step code coming in. Mm-hmm. It's going to add significant amounts to the construction cost of construction. Uh, so you just need to educate yourself on what it means to do the work on your house uh, so that you're fully equipped to make the right decisions on uh, what you want to do. Okay. So when somebody is thinking about uh, calling a contractor or hiring somebody uh, like yourself, what what would be some good questions that they should ask when they're interviewing contractors? I think what's important is to be sure that your contractor has uh, experience in the kind of work that you want done. Uh, asking your drywaller to do a bathroom renovation for you is probably not the best way to go, although there's probably some out there that would do a really good job. Um, definitely ask for uh, referrals. Yes. And references, and make sure that you check them. So actually talk to the people that the contractor has worked with before. Yeah, say, can you provide me with two or three examples of this kind of work and, and give me those references and phone them. And that will give you the best indication of not only the quality of work, but the kind of quality uh, customer service that they do. Because it's you're having somebody in your home for you know a significant period of time, and there's a level of trust that's there that's that's necessary. It, is, it gets kind of intimate, you know. They're using your bathroom. They're, or you know, they're they're around your house all the time. They're getting to know the kids. Yeah, or they're the seeing pets. the kids they're, off to school every morning. Yeah. Welcome them home from school. So you're going to have that person in your house for 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 a good period of time, and and being comfortable with that, and 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 liking them, but maintaining a business relationship. But you know, is important. You know, I like to think that most of my clients are my friends after I'm done. Well, yeah, because you're spending a lot of time with them. I do. Sometimes I'll spend a whole year in somebody's house. Yeah. So, again, getting back to questions they can ask. So, uh, references, knowing that uh, the um, contractor has experience in, in the area that you're looking at. Anything else that people should think about? Well, I mean, you can always go to things like the Better Business Bureau, you know, and other professional organizations if they're members of, you know, other other building organizations. and. You know, that's the kind of information you can look up that'll help you make that decision for sure. Yeah. yeah. And and, and um, all contractors like yourself, you've got a portfolio of jobs that you've done in the past. I certainly do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I can always provide examples of similar work and, uh, you know, to show that I've got the experience um, necessary to do the job that they're looking for. Yeah. Yep. Uh, we were also talking about the struggles that uh, you actually both Gary and you have right now out there in the marketplace, and that is shortage of labor, right? It is uh, It is a challenge for sure. I mean, uh, we turn down work regularly simply. Not because, because you don't want to take it. Not because I don't want to take it, but because I just can't and I don't want to overcommit. And that's a big danger, you know, in a market like this is it's hard to say no, yeah. but uh, it's more it's difficult when you've got too much on your plate okay. and everybody suffers in that situation. So I, th- I think people, every once in a while, I've had customers actually say this as well too. And it's like, okay, well, we understand that there's a labor shortage out there. Yet on the other hand, people are saying that there's not enough jobs or things to do. So what's the, what's the disconnect there? That's a good question. Um, uh, hard, like, it, it, um, people often say, well, it's hard to find good quality trades or, you know, um, uh, people that are, that have the right, um, a ticket or all that kind of stuff. Like, wh- what What are we going to do? Well, I mean, I, I also uh, sit on the board of a community college. And, and, I mean, we 
train new people as fast as we possibly can but then you know that funding comes from you know from the government from the provincial government and they only release so many you know uh, positions at, at a time yeah. so there's capacity for training too it's great for them to say you know we need a hundred thousand new you know tradespeople in the province but if we can't provide them we also don't have training yeah. to train these and, people right and, and you know this this kind of it, it's it uh it is very similar to the conversation about affordability of real estate here in town because it's a shortage of inventory you have a shortage of trades mm-hmm. right and um i'm guessing that since there's a shortage of trades that uh it's market driven so um trades have the choice do they want to go with a cut price you know a tiny uh job that a owner is offering or a bigger job where they have the possibility of, of making a little more money. It's human nature. I think that's fair. I think that's fair too. I mean, you know, when I, I look at jobs and I've always been somebody who tries hard not to just focus on the big jobs, but to get in and help people with the small renovations that they need. I know certain, certainly, you know, realtors you know, refer me from time to time, say, Hey, my clients need a bathroom done really quick. And we try and fit them in. But the, I think what clients don't always realize is that there's a lot of, background work that happens Things with behind the scenes. jobs, right? So yeah. if I look at a $10,000 job, it, it's the same amount of <clears throat> legwork on my side as a $50,000 job. And some of the profit margins aren't necessarily the same. There's a lot more driving back and forth and waiting for things to dry yeah. um, that we can't focus on other stuff. So it can be uh, hard to find somebody to do that little work, but we try every every chance we can to fit it in. Well, and this is the thing, because, you know, I, I have to say, I appreciate uh, the, the role of you the contractor and i think sometimes consumers think oh well you know contractors are making all this money and all that kind of it's it's a it's a juggling job because you're you're juggling a whole bunch of different moving parts right always always and it's uh it's challenging because we 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 set out you know schedules we want to get this done and this done and this done and we're trying to constantly communicate with our clients on where we're at on the project but sometimes something goes wrong or something turns up and it pushes this guy back two weeks well that plumber uh, is already scheduled two weeks later to be on another job, and now I have to wait even longer. So it can have sort of a cascading effect. Well, and it's, and it's, it's things, very challenging. Things out of your control, like a product that you're waiting for might get back ordered. You don't get it for two weeks, and then that causes that cascading effect with exactly. the plumber and all that kind but of stuff. But that's what you hire a contractor to do is to take care of that for you. And it can be very difficult for a homeowner who hasn't got the experience to do it, and then it takes a lot of time. Right. Yeah. So that's that's where hiring a good contractor makes all the difference. Yeah, interesting. Uh, we're here with Steve uh, Steve Chang from Stephen Chang Construction. Uh, we also have Gary Peterson from Supercoat, uh, who is uh, here in the studio still. Uh, Gary, we were talking earlier with you about Supercoat and its uh, magical properties. Um, now, what we didn't talk about was well, it's not it's not Miracle Coat, but it it's, <laughs> it is Supercoat. Well, Tony, you were sorry. saying that you've got a sore back, and I said maybe you need some Supercoat <laughs> yeah. on your back, right? Well, we'd like to help uh, Steve out too. You're waiting for that stuff to dry. You're using Supercoat; it dries in about fifteen or twenty minutes, Steve. So love it. We, we can help you out, brother. <laughs> well, yeah, and that's what I want to talk about because is is the application itself. It um, uh, you know we talked about preparation, but uh, as far as because a lot of things take like a day or two to dry before you can uh, start getting even close to it, right? Correct. Yeah, you, a lot of epoxies. It's a two part two part situation, and you got to wait twenty four hours in between. I mean, ours, and the uh, and the uh, the fumes that they put the off. fumes is another issue. <clears throat> we actually uh, did some work for a uh, 
marijuana grow up, you know, a legalized marijuana grow up. Okay. Legal, <laughs> legal cooperation. And, uh, okay. Yeah, right. and, you know, they did some some tests with it, and they actually built some boxes, and they painted the box, one with epoxy, another with super coat, and they found that their plants almost died in the in the epoxy one, and the plants the others did really well, because there's no fumes, it's gone really quick. Um, you know, benefits of super coat is it's, you know, it's durability, it's beautiful, it's long-lasting, and it's easy to clean and easy to maintain but it also dries within 20 minutes. When we do a driveway or a deck, we, we do the first coat, and the boys usually have a, a coffee, uh, that sort of thing, and then we do the second coat immediately. Does it, doesn't it mean it's hard to hard to work with, though? Like Not you, at all. Well, yeah, you've got to put it down. Yeah, I gotta, that means I got to... If it's a big surface, you know, you... you, you got to roll. Yeah. You, yeah, you got to move with it. And you got to be careful. Keep it out of the direct heat. You know, you can't be leaving a lid off and sitting in, in a direct sun. You know, you've got to be a bit cautious with it, but... Uh, as long as you're working away, it, it goes on pretty fast, and uh, you know um, we've done uh, we've done lots of driveways that way. I mean, just we spray it and we also roll it, but we find that rolling is usually the best because the spray we're always worried about the wind and that sort of an issue. But yeah, yeah, no, it works really good. Now, as I recall, you you've got a uh, sort of distribution facility. Is it is it in the east or something or? Yeah, our product comes out of Montreal. That's right. Yeah, so okay. it's a Canadian product, which is great. It's been around for almost 27 years, but never actually marketed in Canada yeah. until I came around about four years ago. It's sold in every state in America. Uh, but, you know, the gentleman that has it says it's a pretty small market in Canada. He tried a couple of times and didn't have a lot of success and, and uh, found the Americans were eating it up down there. And, of course, when it started over 25 years ago, Canadian dollar was lower than what it is today. So they were picking it up like candy. It was half price and started in Florida and went right across the right across the state. So yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Well, well, that is true. You know, I mean, when you consider the fact that our our population is the population of Canada is the population of the state of uh, California. Yeah, right? they gave yeah. me California, and I said, well, that's as big as so you just doubled your. It's just yeah. like having all of Canada, you know, yeah. in one spot. Yeah. So yeah, it's quite amazing. Uh, very interesting. Gary, again, if people need to reach you, how, do get, how can they do that? You can reach me, uh, two numbers, 778-432-0353. Yep. Or you can reach me on the, on the cell, 250-938-9969. Uh, email is gary at supercoat.ca. And uh, supercoat.ca is my website. Western Canada Supercoat is my uh uh, Facebook. All right. So if any of the listeners are scrambling for their pens and their paper uh, with all that stuff, don't forget you can find our show streaming on the cfax1070.com website, or you can find our podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. It's the whole home show with Tony Joe. Shifting back over to Steve there. Uh, Steve, um, uh, workers' compensation. This is something that comes up a lot because even though you said, even though we know that there's a shortage of trades, there are still a lot of people out there who are sort of wannabe contractors who are doing the occasional jobs. There's a couple of dangers to consider there, right? Well, there are. Um, and, you know, they sort of fly below the radar. They're doing sort of cash work here and there. Uh, I think it's important when you're hiring a contractor uh, to make sure that they are fully insured, licensed, WCB compliant. Uh, worker safety is critically important yeah, because we're very focused on. because the important thing is that if if somebody hires such a contractor and an accident happens in the house if they're not insured you are liable the homeowner is liable mm-hmm. yeah and, and yeah a lot of people aren't aware of that yeah right um, and and so 
making sure that you're looking after your own interests, uh, that your contractor is insured and uh, and practices good sa- you know, safety standards. So important. Steve, if people need to reach you again? Uh, cell phone number 250-858-8980. Uh, email is Steve Chang, C-H-A-N-G, construction at gmail.com. Uh, and by the way, if anyone needs a testimonial about Steve's work, uh, I can give it because uh, that nice little house in Fairfield that you did uh, a couple years ago, very nice. Uh, timely as well, too. Um, good. That was uh, a fun project. Yeah, perfect, perfect. Um, thank you, Steve and uh Thank you for coming and talking about uh, construction, all that kind of stuff. And also thank you, Gary, for coming back, talking about Supercoat. I'm sure you'll get a few more phone calls here as well. Thank you, the listeners, for listening. This is The Whole Home Show. I'm Tony Joe. I'll be here for you this time next week.